Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome again to Anointed and Appointed Word Ministries with Brother Norman Woodard. I am Brother Norman, and I'll be sharing an anointed and appointed word that will change, challenge, and charge your character to make an impact in this world for the kingdom of God and our Father in heaven. I'd like to send special thanks to Bishop Stephen and Ann Butterfield, who allows me to come before you every Saturday morning and break bread with you. Amen. They have a program which comes on every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the name of their program is Turn on the Light Broadcast. Turn on the Light Broadcast with Bishop Stephen and Ann Butterfield, which comes on every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're also the assistant pastors at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International in Stockbridge, Georgia, where their leaders are Archbishop Ruth Ruth W. Smith, who is also the co-founder, and the senior pastor is Pastor Oshabal Hartman with his wife, Lady E. Hartman. They have services every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. with Sunday school, and 10 a.m. begins their worship service. They have Bible studies every Wednesday, actually every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time. You can call it to this number, 917-388-4161, and listen to the Bible study live. They also have Bible studies at the location every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International in Stockbridge, Georgia. You can catch them on Facebook, YouTube, and their website is comingtothelight.org. That's comingtothelight.org. Well, thank you once again for calling in. Before we get into the Word, we're going to hear some worship songs. Amen. Standing at a crossroads, what do you do? Real sweet, when a fork is in the road. When the world is on your shoulders. When your back is up against the wall. Come on. What do you do? You hold on and keep the faith. Tell somebody on your road, stay. Come on, tell somebody sitting around you, keep the faith. Encourage somebody else. Keep the faith. Come on, where do you look? When there's nowhere else to look. Where do you turn? When there's nowhere else to turn. Where do you go? When there's nowhere else to go. What do you do? When there's nothing else to do. 
you got to remember, you're in the master's hand. And the master has a plan. So hold on.
May we have your attention because
am I? He's a wheel in the middle of a wheel, a way out of no way, a rock in a weary land. Every time I need him, he showed up right on time. He's the only one I know that can be late, but he's still right on time. Hallelujah. There's nobody like Jesus. Say he's always on time. And the first song spoke about keeping the faith. Keeping the faith. The full assurance and true heart. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep expecting. And most of all, keep knowing that there's nobody like Jesus. Hallelujah. So when I think about his goodness and all that he's done for me, my soul, hallelujah, my soul magnifies him. My soul gives him glory. My soul honors him. Adores him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody like him. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the word. Amen. Coming out of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. I'm going to be reading verses 2 through 4. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And we're going to be reading verses 2 through 4. Glory to God. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. And it reads, Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Go read verse 2 again. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Says the joy that was set before him. That that joy was the redemption of creation through doing the Father's will. Obedience. And verse 4 reads, Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So that's saying, you have not been called upon to shed your blood in striving against sin. Nobody like Jesus. Hallelujah. The title of the message this morning is The Mannerisms of Jesus. The Mannerisms of Jesus. And I, I, I spelled mannerisms with the word man, M-A-N, capitalized. The Mannerisms of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for watching over us as we lay down the rest before you. Thank you, Father, for charging your angels to be encamped around about us, protecting us and keeping us in their care, Father. Watching over us, God. Fighting off all the fiery darts of the enemy. Protecting us from all harm and danger. And thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning to see another glorious day that you have made. For we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father, for your new mercies that came with this day. For your all-sufficient grace, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Father. Your word that saves. Your word that heals. Your word that delivers. Your word that sets free all those who are bound and captive. And what we call sin. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. Who you sent to be the propitiation for our sins. The gap, Father. Sinless life. To take the sins of the world to the cross, Father. To be crucified, to be sacrificed, Father. And thank you, Father, for even allowing Jesus to go to hell for us. Hallelujah. But he went on a mission to take the keys of hell from Satan, stripping him of all of his power, which had been given to him through the fall of man. And, Father, thank you for raising Jesus up on the third day with all power in his hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for allowing Jesus into heaven with his sinless, precious, conquering blood, seating him on your right hand. Thank you, Father, for Holy Spirit, his guide, his leading, his teaching, his comfort. Thank you for you. Hallelujah. Almighty God. Our Father, the creator of all things. Thank you, Father, for considering us, for calling us your own. 
We thank you and we praise you, Father. Now, Father, we receive your word. Help us to apply it to our lives, to make it personal, Father, that we may be better, that we may represent you, Father, bring you glory. Thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mannerisms, the mannerisms of Jesus. That Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Let's go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation. We're going to lay a foundation. Amen. Revelation, the, the first chapter. Revelation, first chapter, starting at verse 4. Revelation, first chapter, starting at verse 4. And it reads, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Remember, we just read that we weren't called to shed our blood. For sin. It says unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I dare someone to say. I am a king. I am a priest. Glory to God. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Verse 8 reads, I am Alpha and Omega. Sounds like the author and finisher. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, 
the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Listen to this description. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. This is a description of Jesus. This is what John is describing. The countenance. The image of Jesus. Now let's go to 22nd chapter. 22nd chapter. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. 22nd chapter, verse 12. And it reads, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. 13 reads, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. This is Jesus speaking because in the Bible I'm reading out of is red. Anything that's red is Jesus speaking. So Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, we read in Revelation 4th chapter where Jesus called himself the Almighty. The Almighty. Let's, let's look at it. Revelation 1st chapter. So we can get some understanding. 
Let me find it. First chapter in verse 8. Verse 8 reads, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The Almighty. When we think of the Almighty, we think of, of, of God, the Father. But let's let's go to Isaiah 9 chapter. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Isaiah 9 chapter, verse 6. And it reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So when, when, when someone read that, they can kind of get confused because when it says the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father, but it's speaking of Jesus. Let's go to First John. First John, not Saint John. First John, the fifth chapter. First John, the fifth chapter. Starting at verse six, and it reads, "This is He Let's 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 start at. Let's start at verse verse four. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. I, I want us to remember this right here. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Keep the faith. Who is he that Overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. There it is. Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So I, 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 I wanted to read that. So we can get an understanding of who Jesus is. Even though his, his his name said one of his names is the mighty God and, and one of his name is the everlasting father. Now let's go to St. John. 
We just read where it says, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Now let's go to St. John, first chapter. Starting at verse 1. Starting at verse on that verse 1 and it reads in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made And verse 14 reads, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we, we, we see that where it says the word was with God and the word was God. And then that same word became flesh and dwelt among us as we beheld his glory, the the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Now let's go to St. John 3rd chapter. Just laying the foundation. St. John 3rd chapter. Starting at verse 16. And it reads. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. There's a separation. God the father. And Jesus the son. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the only way we could be saved is through him, is through the Son, through Jesus. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So just wanted to lay that foundation. Jesus is the author and finisher. Of our faith. I like to pose a question. When was Jesus first mentioned or spoken? When was Jesus first mentioned or spoken? Let's go back to St. John, first chapter. Starting at verse 3. And it reads All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. That was made. In him was life, 
and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The same, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Glory to God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. So Jesus. The word of God. Going back to the question, when was Jesus first mentioned or spoken? Let's go to Genesis. Genesis, the first chapter. Starting at verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now watch this. And the spirit of God. Moved up on the face of the waters. So right there we see Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God. Moved up on the face of the waters. And God said. So now we see God. The Father. And God said. Let there be light. And there was light. So when was Jesus first mentioned or spoken? As soon as God said, let, because Jesus is the word of God. I didn't ask when, when, when was the name Jesus first mentioned, but, but when, was, when was Jesus, the word of God, first mentioned? As soon as God said, let. That's when Jesus was first mentioned, when he was into existence. Glory to God. He said, in the beginning was the word. Everything started with the word. Let. And the word was with God. And the word was God. All things were made by him. By the word of God. Jesus is the author. And finisher. Of our faith. He's alpha and omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. 
That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the word of God. Let's, let's go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 19th chapter. Revelation 19th chapter. Starting at verse 11. And it reads, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Glory to God. I'm just making a note here. Because I'm going to come back to this. And he was clothed with the vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's his name. His name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now, now, now that's talking about God the Father. When it mentions the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Glory to God. Says he's King of Kings. That's why I, I, I said earlier. I dare you to call yourself a king, a priest, and Lord of Lords. We're Lords in this earth. We rule and reign. Glory to God. I'm about to show us that in a minute. Now let's go to Hebrews 11 chapter. Hebrews 11 chapter. It says Jesus is the word of God. Hebrews 11 chapter, verse 3. says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So I, I, I wanted to establish who the word of God is and and. And, and the, the, the power and, and the impact of the word of God. 
the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now let's go back to our base scripture. Hebrews 12 chapter. Hebrews 12 chapter. Let's get into the meat of it. Hebrews the first the 12th chapter verses 2 through 4. And I'm going to be reading it out of the New Living Translation. The new, the new Living Translation and the message. Hebrews 12th chapter. Starting at verse 2. And it reads, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. We weren't called to shed our blood for sin. Jesus was. Now let's look at it in the message. Says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. We'll read that again. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish. In and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, Go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Just think about everything that he endured, everything he suffered. All of the pain, all of the agony. Just for us. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Second chapter. Second Timothy, second chapter. 
verse 15. It said, it says, study how he did it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Second Timothy, second chapter, 15 verse. And it reads, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So 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 how how do we how do we study Jesus? By rightly dividing. Line up on line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Keep eyes on him. Watch how he did it. Everything that he endured. How did he act? How did he respond? Let's stay in 2 Timothy, 3rd chapter. Starting at verse 14. And it reads, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Men were used to write the Bible. But they were used by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's the purpose of this Bible. All scripture. Now let's go to St. Matthew 11 chapter. St. Matthew 11 chapter. Starting at verse 27. And it reads. All things are delivered unto me of my father. This is Jesus speaking. It says all things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the son. But the father. Neither knoweth any man the father. Save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's Jesus saying, learn of me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Study how he did it. 
says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. says, learn of me. That's why I said study to show yourselves approved unto God. Study what? Study who? Study Jesus. Study the word of God. The author and finisher of our faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we must speak the word to ourselves. Speak the word to our situation. The mannerism of Jesus. Let's look at mannerism. Mannerism is a characteristic or often unconscious mode or peculiarity of actions, bearing, or treatment. It's a particular style or manner. That's what it is. Let's look at St. Matthew 8 chapter. Starting at verse 23. Say Matthew 8 chapter, starting at verse 23. And it reads, and when he was entered into a ship, this, this is talking about Jesus. It says, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Now, there, there, there are other passages one in, in one in Mark and one in Luke that's talking about this event. But but this particular passage it says and when when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So so Jesus Entered into the ship first. It's not like they were already on the ship and Jesus came aboard. No, Jesus entered first. He's the author. He's the beginning. He's alpha first. Says when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Now, 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 when Jesus entered the ship, he went to sleep. So, so, so they, they followed him onto the ship. But they stopped there. Jesus kept going and went to sleep. 
And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? In, in, in one translation, it, it, it reads, Who is this? Who is this? Who is this man? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? What manner of man? What manner of man? Manner means a characteristic or customary mode of action. So, so they, they were looking at his actions, how he responded. When you when you look at the at, at the word manner, it, it 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 talks about the hand. So I, I can I can I can imagine Jesus stretching out his hand and saying, "Peace, be still." Manner is a method or artistic execution or mode of presentation. His style. That was his style. Stretching his hand out and saying, peace, be still. They had never seen that before. So, so, so number one, Jesus was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. So the M in man, when, when we when we when we look at the word mannerism, the M is for his manner or his method, his mode, which was his style. He was a man of faith. That's how he walked. That's how he reacted. That's how he carried himself. The A is attitude. Attitude means mental position with regard to a fact or state. Let's look at St. John. St. John 16th chapter. Verse 33, talking about his attitude. 16 chapter, verse 33. And it reads, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Where is our peace? In him. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's the attitude that Jesus had. In me you shall have peace. 
I have overcome the world. Now let's look at St. John 10 and 10. St. John 10 and 10. And it reads, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come, I am come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So his mental position with regard to a fact, the, the, the fact is the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But but this was Jesus' attitude. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The fact is, in this world, you shall have tribulation. But Jesus' attitude was, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He's the true, the true override fact. Facts are subject to change. But the truth stands forever. So he was a man of faith and he was a man of authority. He said, I have overcome the world. The end, the end stands for nature. His nature, the inherent character or basic constitution of a person or thing, the essence. It means a creative or controlling force in the universe. That's what nature means. A creative and controlling force in the universe. We, we just saw it. Where he, he, he stretched out his hand and said, peace, be still. Revelation 19, Revelation 19, verse 12, Revelation 19, verse 12, and it reads, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. So he was a man who knew his name. And his name is his nature. He knew the power of his name. At the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. 
So he was a man of faith. He was a man of authority. And he was a man who knew his name. What's your name? But it's not about our name. Because we've been given a name that's greater than any other name. And that name is Jesus. So we can walk in the faith of Jesus. We can walk in the authority of Jesus. And we can walk in the name The nature of Jesus. The mannerism of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for reminding us of the power. It says that for those who have received Jesus. You've given us the power to become the sons of God, the children of God. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. For without him, we will be lost. But through him, we have the gift of salvation. Hallelujah. Now, Father, help us to walk in the mannerisms of Jesus. To walk in his faith, to walk in his authority, to walk in the power of his name. For greater is he in us than he that is in the world. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The mannerisms of Jesus. Walking in his faith. Walking in his authority. And walking in the power of his name. Hallelujah. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Anointed and appointed word ministry with Brother Norman Woodard.